Hello, everyone, and we are back. Welcome back to All About America's team. It's been a while. I am one of your hosts, Ray Nickens, joined with, as always, by Owen DeChico. And like I said, we are back. It's been a while. We we both been strained with tests for school, and then we got back for Christmas and the holidays, and now we are finally back recording an episode. And there's a lot we've missed, a lot to go over. So this episode is just going to be kind of a recap episode where we break down the game against the Washington football team. We're going to talk about Trayvon Diggs. We're going to talk about Mike Parsons. We're going to talk about playoff expectations. We're just going to get into all of that stuff. But first, before we get into that, like as always, Owen's going to take us through some potential injuries and then also some breaking news if he has it. So let's get going. Uh, Tyron Smith should be playing on Sunday, which is definitely going to help going up against Chandler Jones and the stud defense that Arizona has. Um, but thankfully, it was a pretty clean game this past Sunday, and hopefully Jarwin will be coming back relatively soon. And then at, once that happens, Dallas will be probably as healthy as they're going to get. Coming into January and February football. Yeah, it's great to be in the situation where most of our guys are healthy. I know in Tampa, Tom Brady's dealing with a plethora <laughs> of injuries. Chris Godwin. Yeah. Um praying for a speedy recovery for him with his torn ACL. Leonard Fournette's out with the hamstring. Levante David is now out for the year with a knee injury. Mike Evans has a hamstring problem. So everyone is just dropping like flies in Tampa. But knowing Tom, he'll figure it out. But it's nice in Dallas to have everyone back healthy, and hopefully we can get through the season unscathed. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely a good thing to have everyone back. And it's very weird to for the Cowboys in recent history to be at their peak in December. Usually they're at their peak in November and you have all these high expectations and they go one and three or two and two in December and end up having to go to uh, week 16 against a division rival. And that game determines whether you're going to the playoffs or not. But it's good to be in the situation that we are right now. Yeah, especially eyeing that number one seed. Uh, we'll see if the Packers lose some ground. I don't think they will, but anything can happen. So, We're going to have our faith in Kirk Cousins this Sunday. Of course, Kirk Cousins, or Captain Kirk Cousins Captain to Kirk. you. He, can, he will be first Cousins, Captain Kirk, whatever he wants to be called, if, he, if he's able to, to beat the Packers and Dallas can get the number one seed. He got, well, he can, he's, I'll call he's him the best quarterback the already the, this year. He can do it again. True. I'll call him the best quarterback in the NFC if he can do that. All right. I like that. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's get going. So what do you want to talk about first? The floor is yours. I think the biggest thing to talk about is Micah Parsons. Definitely the biggest. We haven't recorded I think the last game we recorded was going into the Raider game. And that episode, I, for one, was definitely annoyed with this team. And right after that, because that was a few weeks after the Denver game, and that was obviously a bad game. And they played Atlanta, and that happened. And then they played the... Chiefs with high expectations and they didn't play well and Dak looked like a very different quarterback than he was in the first few weeks and we'll definitely get into that later but it's insane that Micah has vaulted into the top five betting favorite for defensive player of the year and you can correct me if I'm wrong but I think the Chiefs game was definitely his coming out party with mm-hmm. always being in part in always being in Mahomes' face, sacking him, giving the Dallas offense ample opportunities, which they didn't when none of them were successful, but gave them ample opportunities to take over that game. And it's it's insane that one player, basically one player, changed this defense. And you can say Dan Quinn and other players pl- playing better and playing well, but definitely the 
rookie Micah Parsons has led to how great this defense has been. Yeah, and um, I I totally agree. Micah Parsons has been sensational. He's definitely a defensive player of the year candidate, by far the uh, defensive rookie of the year. But I'm going to go back to what I said in the in the off season when we first started this podcast. Is the Dallas Cowboys defense is going whether or not they're going to be great or not is going to depend on if they can get to the quarterback. Because I mentioned that the secondary is not very good. Their suspect Trayvon Diggs is a is a decent corner. This was before he tie, he tied Everson Walls last week. By the way, congratulations to him on that. Very well done, sir. But I said if the the Cowboys, what has been their weakest link for a long time since Demarcus Ware left for Denver, is that they could never rush the passer efficiently, and they would have splashes from Demarcus Lawrence or. Randy Gregory or other players on that defensive line that would come and go, who would get have big sack games, who'd who'd show some sort of presence and everyone would get excited and then all of a sudden come playoff time, their pass rush is nowhere to be seen. But what I've really seen so far this year, and especially with Micah Parsons, is he's generated a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And every time he's around the quarterback, he's either forcing a fumble or he's forcing a has to get get out quick and it turns into an interception by the way that interception returned by demarcus lawrence i'm going to give props to him as well i've been hard on him but that was a pretty impressive catch pretty impressive return and and it led to another dallas cowboys defensive touchdown and so that the pass rush has been excellent and it's really helped the, the secondary as well because the secondary they're getting off the field on third down they're forcing third and longs they're letting um, the cornerbacks play aggressive. Anthony Brown has benefited off the pass rush other than the Thanksgiving game. Jordan Lewis has looked better. Um, KZ and has looked okay. And and my guy from my guy from Indianapolis, Malik Hooker, he's had an interception. So the secondary has been playing great, and it's really been based off that pass rush. So that's what I've been really most impressed about, and that's where I'm gonna. Um, take all the success from is the fact that the Cowboys have a eff- effective pass rush once again. Yeah, I think that the biggest reason besides Micah why their pass rush has been so good is because of the, they've finally have good defensive tackles. I remember David Irving, the that the seven foot five monster that he was when when he played and when he didn't have off the field issues. He was always in the quarterback's face, and I've really, the Dallas has really missed a player like him. And I know that Rod Marinelli loved big, tall, lean guys, but how you're most effective is you have guys that can take on double teams. Uh, Neville Gallimore, he's a big guy, and him being able to just plug the holes and go. And when when he played, when when that first game that he was back. You saw Leighton Vanderesh look, look like a completely different person. And in 2018, I believe our defensive line was pretty good that year, which led if you have if you have good D tackles and you have people playing their assignments, it it allows your linebackers to play a lot better. And in 2018, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh both had career years. And it just keeps them clean and they don't have to get through the center or guards. They can they have relatively clear shots at the quarterback which i think which is another reason why and also which i'm a big fan of is that d law is going on the inside now the first few downs is on the he's on the inside playing like a dt role and then on third down he's going to the outside and being able to rush the passer which i like a lot and i know that he's gotten a lot of hate over the last few years for getting that big contract not really not really living up to it but I think this is the first time since that big contract where you're like, okay, this guy is definitely one of the better ends in the league. And it's it's great to see. Yeah, he he definitely looks looks different. And uh, once again, I'm going to put most of that, um, the reason to Micah Parsons and what he's, and the attention that he draws from offensive lines. They're so focused on stopping him. It's letting it's allowing Demarcus Lawrence to play more freely, and 
I, I think I think Demarcus Lawrence is a really good defensive end. I don't I don't know if he's at the level of a TJ Watt or a Joey Bosa or one of those guys, Chandler Jones, who are generating 18, 17 and a half sacks on double teams. But he can he can wreak havoc when when there are guys around him like Randy Gregory, who's having a solid season, and Micah Parsons, of course. It's allowing Demarcus Lawrence to not be that focal point. And he's allowed to be able to show his skill set, not having to take on um, things that he's not really capable of taking on. So it's nice to see three three guys who are capable of playing good, solid um, defense on the defensive line. And like I said, that's generating, um, that's taking the pressure off the the secondary to to stay in coverage and stay with their guys super long. And it's forcing quarterbacks get the ball quick. Um, we'll see if if that really makes a difference in the postseason when they will be going up against Matt, the Matthew Staffords, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's. But I'm we'll get that first real real test next week against the Cardinals. Cardinals haven't been playing as well of late, but they're still a very competent offense, even without DeAndre Hopkins. They still have AJ Green, still have Christian Kirk, still have Zach Ertz, uh, James Conner, Chase Edmonds. They have plenty of weapons. So we'll we'll see how the how the defense stacks up, but as of right now, I'm really impressed with the defensive line and how they've been able to really turn this this defense around. Yeah, it's been great to see, and also this might be the first time that D Law's fully healthy. I know that he's been on the injured like on the practice. He's been questionable with an ankle injury. I don't know if it's to say one that he broke or they're just giving him extra rest, but he's always had shoulder issues or just back issues. So. I think him getting a good portion of the season off to do, to recover that foot has definitely recovered other injuries, and it's it's great to see. I wish his contract was a little little cheaper, but it is uh, it is it is good to see that he is playing well, and and they can play well against the Cardinals, and because if if they can beat the Cardinals, then it will definitely be good. And if the Packers lose and Dallas wins, then they can definitely be in the spot for the number one seed, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen Dak plays his best, or this offense plays his best when it's at home. And they're going to want as many opportunities to play as home as possible. And winning tomorrow, winning this weekend is definitely where you start. And this could be, if Dallas does get the two seed, this could be a playoff. This could be like a playoff practice game because for 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 all we know, Arizona could be the seven seed if they mm-hmm. continue to fall, and or maybe not that low. But if Dallas does get the three or the four seed, then they could definitely play Arizona. Hopefully, they stay at the two or the three because for all we know, the Saints could get that seven, the Eagles could get the seven, and Dallas has beaten both of them. And they're going to be a lot healthier now than they were then. So yeah, for sure. So yeah, let's. I think we should we should talk a little bit about the last week's game, and then we can go into um, talking about the Dak and his transformation. So the the yeah. Cowboys they they had a quite a quite a beat down on the Washington football team. They really the game was over very quickly. Um it was a great it was a great blueprint by the defense showing them what they can do. Taylor Heineke looked really awful. Um the Washington defense was was so pissed off that they were fighting each other on the sideline. They that got a lot of attention on TV. Collinsworth and Al Michaels were all over that. And it was all over every really stay really um sports talk show the next day so but real what really impressed me about that what that game in particular is it looked like the cowboys on offense they were a lot more in rhythm and they were like the it looked like the receivers were on the same page with the quarterback um i think dak looked a lot more accurate and on time he wasn't taking his his sweet time in the pocket and getting sacked as much and really um Collinsworth he was he spent a lot of time talking about this I don't know why they they spent like 20 minutes of the of the game going over this one change that he made with his footwork on his throwing motion and 
they were saying how it made him a more accurate quarterback. It was allowing him to be to have a better release. I don't know, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad the change is helping him. Well, like I said, let's we'll see how it pays off later on down the line. But with that being said, the um, Washington Pee Wee team, as they as I now call them, they had a lot of players out on defense. There was no Landon Collins out there. They didn't have their best corner. They didn't have any linebackers, it seemed. And most of their team was on was on the COVID list. And what I'd compare that game is to um, is um, to the Westlake, who's a top high school team in in Texas. Shout out to Westlake playing the football state championship. It would be like them playing my former high school team, Hyde Park, in a in a game. Whereas we are a, a small private school going up against a 6A opponent, it, it the result would be very similar. So, um, sorry Hyde Park, but I had to make that comparison. But anyway, with the, even though they played very well, it still was a really inferior opponent, and it was kind of it was nice to see them stomp them early because. Of, few weeks prior with a few other healthy players, Washington almost crawled their way back into the game and, and almost won the game, which would have been a, an absolute disaster and would have probably ruined the season if, um, if I'm being honest. But it was nice to see them blow them out. Every, every aspect of the team was amazing. Special teams had a touchdown. Defense had a touchdown. Dak had four touchdowns by himself. And um, Zeke was running a lot it looked a lot better than he had in the previous five, six, seven weeks. He was running a lot harder. He didn't get as many carries as he would in his rookie or second year, but for the eight or nine carries that he had, he ma- he made them count and was really um, doing a good job of punishing that that um, front front five, front seven. So I I really I really enjoyed the game, and I was I was very encouraged. But like I said. Um, I'm not taking as much something substance as I would if they had played the Cardinals last week. So that's why I'm excited to see them next week um, coming off that huge win and see if they can translate it to a little bit better opponent. Thoughts? Yeah, I feel the same exact way. It was definitely good. And it's it was crazy to see the first so – Dallas got the ball first, and they've been winning the coin toss a lot, and they've been – just taking the ball first, which my my dad is not a fan of, uh, and neither am I. Especially, but I understand why they're doing it because this Dallas offense has not been good the past few weeks. So get the ball in their hands early, and they did nothing. And I was like, okay, yeah. yeah if I recall, they game. went they went three and out and yep. almost turned the ball over in epic fashion. Yeah, I, and I was I, like, <laughs> yeah. I thought yeah. the game was over when that play happened. I was like, man, yeah. we're screwed. I was like, all right, like Taylor Heineke is going to take this game over and it's going to be a great way to show the Cowboys punter who is a pro bowler. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. It's yep, great you to made see the pro bowl over the quarterback, my man. Excellent <laughs> job. And the first play of the game, they target digs and people said the ball was underthrown, but it shows how little how quarterbacks don't care about digs he has he i think he's tied for third in in targets and he's and and he's and he's first in yards given up so so they they qb's offensive coordinators they don't give a bleep if if digs is covering them they're still gonna throw it at him i have a question for you who do you think is the best corner in the league jalen ramsey by far do you think he was the best corner when he when he started? Do you think he was a top ten corner when he started? Do you think he was one of the better corners when he came into the league? I I believe the first or second year he was in the league, the Jaguars were a, uh, in the AFC championship yeah. game. So I think he came in pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And I mean he was definitely there Jalen Ramsey and, and Diggs are very different corners. Of course. Um I think I think Ramsey was is was probably a better corner, uh, definitely a way better corner than Diggs is at this time, his rookie or second year. Um, but their play styles are completely different. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey's going to make physical tackles. He's going to shut down your your um, the opponent's receiver. Which I mean, Diggs did a great job of that against McLaurin. 
but also they it is Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Yeah. And there's one specific play where Heineke had had McLaurin wide open. He had beat Diggs. He had beat the safety. And it was a little bit overthrown, but it also looked like maybe Diggs grabbed his jersey. Maybe he tripped. I don't know. But like that play could have been an easy touchdown. And the interception, Heineke threw it inside. Ball should have been on the outside shoulder. It would have been had a better chance of being caught and not picked. But yeah. I mean, McLaurin has had two awful games against Diggs this year. Yeah. But um back to your but back to your question. I think, yeah, Ramsey was definitely coming out of the draft. He was probably a top ten. He probably walked on the field his second game as a top 10 corner. So before I get into that, Diggs fell. And then when he fell, he like, he hit. So like when, like from the process of falling down, he made McLaurin fall. So the only reason why I ask that is because I was watching Skip and Shannon earlier today. And great, great combo. Shannon was going on and on about Deion Sanders, how he said that Diggs should be the, should be the best, should be the MVP. And I was like, hmm. And they talked about Jalen. I was like, huh, I wonder how many yards Jalen gave up his first year. And Diggs, I don't know how many he gave up. Pro football reference says 700, seven, like 780, 790. Uh, Shannon said 926. Not really sure. I don't know. That I think play... the 926 is the number from this year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and I hope that that play does, I hope that those yards don't take into account that, that deep throw that led to the first seven points because that wasn't on him. That was on Casey not turning around. I, but that, that's neither here nor there. So, Ramsey, his rookie year, gave up 856 yards and three touchdowns. That's a lot of yards. And it's still less than Diggs, but Diggs from his first year to this year, he looks way better, and Diggs should pro- should 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 have probably had eleven interceptions last year, but he just couldn't catch. And I, I you, you you um hmm. did you what was Diggs's uh, number last year? He only he didn't, he didn't play a full season. So Jalen, so I also should have said this. Jalen his his last time playing a full year was it was his rookie year. He's played 15 out of 15 games this year and given up 354 yards. Yeah. But his last full year, 16, was his rookie year for almost 900 yards. Diggs last year, um, he gave up 667. And Pro Football or Pro Football Reference says 790 yards right now that, he, that he's given up. Uh huh. But I'm not um, really sure what that concrete number is. I'll have to I'll have to check because the the uh, the numbers get updated every Wednesday. Where did Wait. you find the the Jalen Ramsey stats again? Pro Football go to, Reference. Yeah, go to Pro Football Reference, and then it's under Advanced Def Advanced Defenses and Fumbles, and then it's okay. under Yards Receiving Yards Allowed on Completions. Mm. So Jalen did give up a lot of yards his rookie year on a much better defense than Dallas has right now. So, Maybe not a much better defense, but a much there are more stars on that defense than there are on, are on Dallas's. And out of what I can think, Dallas against Washington is the only games where Diggs traveled with McLaurin and he locked him down two times. And I know that Ray and I, going back to two weeks ago, we had uh, PTSD from last year where McLaurin beat Diggs a few times and it was like, well, maybe, maybe this digs isn't as good as we thought he is, but hopefully, hopefully he does get 12 interceptions. I'd like to see him get it next week against McClure next week against Kyler. So that it's 12 interceptions in 16 games instead of people saying that the ad, the one, the one ad game really helped him beat the da- or really helped him get the most in Dallas history. Maybe. And who knows, maybe he has a pick frenzy and ends up, taking over night train lanes record of 14 i believe yeah he he needs uh Ky- three more right a ways for he needs three <laughs> to tie four to break yeah yeah he needs three i more. i don't see that happening unfortunately uh, who knows he's he's gonna be unless he's gonna play against hurts so who knows oh yeah i could get two against hurts he's always picked every single game he's played against them um he's gotten a pick 
but as soon as soon as Diggs got the interception, I was like, okay, offense, like you have to feed off this, and you can't like if I was like if this if this defense if this offense goes dead against right now, then there's no way they win. And Dak, I think Dak is at his best when when the tempo is up. I don't know if that's because he picks his own plays or if just getting in a rhythm. But the way the, the way the way to get Dak at his best is to do some short completions, get the run game going, and then let him make better throws and the throw to end the second and the first half to the Amari Cooper touchdown was a great throw. Oh, Amari Cooper scored a touchdown. He did. Well, you wouldn't know it, but he did. And yeah, I, I might've, I didn't, I guess he did score a touchdown. Good job, Amari. <laughs> and it was, it's funny because there, there were three drops this, this past game and Amari had two. And I believe CD had one, so they're they're getting a little bit better. But it was great to just see the offense play like. Okay, they, they... I found it. You I did. found what I was looking for. Took a while. What did you find? So, year one, Ramsey gave up eight hundred fifty-six yards. Mm-hmm. Year two, he gave up five hundred forty-nine. Year yep. three, he didn't play. <laughs> He was or injured. he did play, but not a lot. He didn't play a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of been hurt a lot. Yeah, his last he hasn't played a full season since his rookie year. Hopefully, he'll be able to do that this year. But yeah, it's Gilmore gave up like these stats that I found are from 2018. Like they started 2018. And I was like, okay, like how many yards did Gilmore give up? And he's given up less than 400 a year, which is great for him. And hopefully, Diggs year three, year four can become one of those lockdown corners, but going the last quote unquote lockdown corner that Dallas had, like not obviously Deion Sanders, but one that recent was probably Byron Jones. He took away half the field. But if you were to compare Byron and, and Diggs, I would much rather have Diggs because Diggs, as people know, has given the offense 11 more, 11 opportunities to, score a touchdown and granted they have not scored a touchdown in most of those but it's still 11 more opportunities than than you would have had if if that didn't happen and it's it's it was great to see and it's I saw a thing on CBS sports on Insta or Twitter where after this game so a few days ago after this past Sunday game against Washington Dallas still leads in points per game Yards per game, points per game, takeaways, and opposite or opponents' third down percentage. I remember in years past, every third down against Dallas, the defense was a, was a given to to be converted. But it's great that they're number one takeaways. There are points in times where they didn't even have 11, eleven interceptions combined throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. And points per game, I think it was closer to thirty five a few weeks ago, but still having thirty. 30.5 is great given how terrible the offense has been and yards per game having over 400. It's also pretty amazing. And hopefully that will, that will trap that will travel. But next week is definitely going to be the game that determines how Dallas will be given. They don't have to go up against D hop, but no one else will. And, It'll it'll definitely be interesting because I could the Arizona has a lot to prove where they're in a slump right now and they if they if by, if they beat Dallas then they could vault back into the number one spot in the division because the Rams have it right now mm-hmm. and the Rams do look good but there's there's no besides the Chiefs who are on an eight game win streak there's no clear cut favor in the NFC because the Packers are a good or were the Browns are a good quarterback away from beating the Packers. Arizona has looked terrible. The Rams have had their bad games. Matthew Stafford just chucks up the ball in double coverage every now and then and just it's really, really weird to see. What the oh uh, John Madden just passed away. Oh well, my goodness. Well darn. <laughs> oh, I 
I'm gonna group chat. They were going insane. I saw it on my iPad. Oh, rest in peace. And ho- they just had the documentary. And I was watching. I was watching it, and it was was pretty great. But going back to yeah, wow, John Madden. John Madden was quite the quite yeah. the guy. And um, we we appreciate your your Madden games. Unfortunately, exactly. they have gone away from your intended vision. <laughs> but thank you for giving us Madden. Yeah, and thank you for making football what it is and mm-hmm. making commentators as great as they are. Also, I didn't know that Joe Buck's father commentated with John Madden. I learned that. Mm-hmm. So you also failed your co-host's son. <laughs> Joe Buck is <laughs> a failure. But yeah, it's it's great to see. And there are a lot of players on this defense who have stepped up and who aren't really getting all that recognition J. Ron Curse might be the best free agent safety signing in Dallas in recent history. Malik Hooker. But the worst part is that all those guys are free agents. So I'm looking forward in the next few weeks to doing a free agent recap and figuring out who we should keep for how many years. Because there's a lot. And I doubt they're going to be able to re-sign Gallup. So they're going to have to make sure that Randy, because Randy's 20 seven or 28 but he's a young 27 or 28 he hasn't played a full season so yeah but that way that was yeah. gonna be a thing in the future but yeah this game was definitely great there were no errant calls by any coaching staff kellen moore looked like a looked like a good caller and it was funny because a lot of people were saying that he was holding out for the playoffs but he was he was digging deep into the very bad plays like the ones that are x'd off he was calling all those the past few weeks. And it was good to see a complete game. And just everyone got into the everyone scored. Golston, who was a rookie, he was he uh, he had that return. He touched the ball in the end zone and got the got a touchdown on the Cor- Corey Clement, who was Clement, who was one of my favorite non-Cowboys and a player that I hated having to face. Um against when he was in the Eagles I I every every year every year that we played him he went off and it was it was terrible to see but it was it was a really good game and I must I'll just say one more thing before before you take over I think that has a lot to do with with Amari Cooper calling out the offense and he's saying that he wants the ball more and that he can help this offense out more on third down and in the red zone. And it was funny because the first few throws were to, were to Amari. And it was ironic because he ended up having two drops. And they, no one's going to talk about him because he had a big win. But he did have two drops that should have been caught. My favorite drop was the one from Cedric Wilson that I thought was going to be returned <laughs> for a touchdown. That, that one was great. And then he uh, proceeded to lose 12 yards trying to um, – make a play and I was quite shocked. Yeah, well besides that, Calvin Joseph looked like granted going up against not great talent, but still looked really great. But you you if anything you want to say about that game? Yeah, um so while I'm trying to recall my thought um, Randy Gregory, I think he's going to be a lot easier to keep than you think, especially with his most recent off-the-field issues. So I think the Cowboys will have an advantage over some teams who are maybe hesitant to sign him based on his um, substance abuse, suspensions, etc. But, gosh, what did, what did you what did you say that I wanted to comment on? That I Well, he's finally to- clean now, and the, and the league has... Eased up, eased their rules on marijuana, so he'll he'll he's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, there was something something you you said. Um, gosh, it's so sad that I forgot. <laughs> well, if you do remember, yeah. But that. let's let's move on. I'll try and I'll try and remember what it what it was. But of course, let's move on. Um. Yeah. So. One pretty big, pretty big thing that I that I found out was that Bills and Dallas are one and two, Dallas being the latter for point differential. 
Bills are plus 163 and Dallas is plus 150. Oh, which is right. pretty cool. That's, that's what I wanted to to mention. So, when the Cowboys are at their best, it is when they're forcing turnovers and if you mm-hmm. look, this is this is back to what you were saying about the the turnover, um, all the turnovers. Um 2014, they had a, a with um first I think it was the first year with um not Linehan, Rod Marinelli as the defensive coordinator. That defense completely flipped the switch, and they were generating a lot of turnovers. And another thing that that defense was good at, that this defense is is really good at, is getting um, the opposing team off the field. And I'm not really entirely sure, Owen, oh, you'd know more than me since your um, your specialty year is 2016. <laughs> um, you'd know better than me if they were fairly good at getting defense or offenses off the field and generating a lot of turnovers. Because in my recent memory, going back to 2007, the Second year with Romo as the QB, that defense was also very good at forcing turnovers and getting teams off the field until they faced the Giants, of course. Um, 2011, they also had a pretty solid defense and generated some turnovers there. So every time the Cowboys have been a have been a playoff caliber team, they've been really good on defense with generating the turnovers. And especially this year, this year has, con- has completely blown all of those years out of the water with them. Um, they they had like three three four turnovers, um, on Sunday, and they they've been getting a bunch of turnovers and bunches and all that. And while that being against this this stretch where they have caught the Colts for and are now number one in in uh, turnovers forced, they played, um, they played the the Saints, the Giants, Washington, and then Washington again. So all all four of those teams, that's you know, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, Taysom Hill, um, Mike Glennon. So not really the greatest competition at quarterback. That's why it's gonna be it's gonna be great to see Kyler Murray as the next opponent. But with that still being said, it, you it's still generating three, four, five turnovers a game is very important coming close to playoff time. Because turnovers are what are what's going to win you the game as a team or lose you the game as a team, and it's and it's um, one thing I talked about early on was Dallas had to win the turnover um, turnover battle. Their turnover ratio has to be positive for them to be successful, and they've blown that out of the water for sure. Um, even though before last game, Dak was doing his best to uh, lead the lead the league in turnovers as a QB. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen anymore. Hmm. Um, well, not unfortunately, fortunately, but unfortunately for my trolling, it's not going to happen in there. So um, Dallas was the fifth best defense in 2016. I'm trying to find 2018 right now. Yeah, those those turnovers are generate a lot of success. That's for sure. But yeah, that's like I said, um, I've been talking about the defense a lot more than I've been talking about the offense this show because that's the one thing I'm really imp- impressed about. Um, I, I'm I'm happy that the offense figured it out this week, but there's been a lot more um, experiments of bad than good. So I'm going to need a, a solid performance against the Cardinals, who have Isaiah Isaiah Simmons out there, Chandler Jones, etc. And of course, um, going against Philly, who is um has turned into the second best team in this division, and I've been playing. Fairly well. They've gotten their running game going. They've kind of figured out that running the football is allowed in the NFL. <laughs> so um, it'll be interesting to see how that game turns out. If we're going to actually play 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 people, if we have a chance at the number one seed, might the game might not even matter depending on what happens next week. So really, the one game that that's heavily important is this one. It's going to kind of um, like the Chiefs game. It's going to kind of let us know where we are out as a team compared to other playoff teams. And since the Chiefs played up, they, us, they've kind of taken off. They've taken control of the AFC. They're the team to beat there. Um, Bills and the Bills and the Bengals and I guess the Colts right now are the teams that are going to be trying to upset the Chiefs. But as of right now, the Chiefs will probably be representing in the Super Bowl. So it's going to be important for the Cowboys to play their best against these um, better teams and kind of show us as fans that the last four weeks against 
these pedestrian pathetic quarterbacks can be also um the the performance can also be seen against the Kyler Murray or um into the playoffs where we'll probably have to face a Matthew Stafford or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also for the Packers, they play the Vikings and the Lions. So it's most likely that Dallas at best would be the two seed. Yeah, so is Dallas is tied? Are they they're currently tied with the Bucks and the and the Rams? And I guess no, the part they well, record wise, yeah, but they have either strength of division or some weird technicality that they're the two seed over them. Yeah, that's what that's what I've kind of didn't understand because um back in back in 2014 they were seated lower than seattle but they had beaten them head to head so yeah that was also one of those things that i've always been confused about with the nfl seeding and the postseason is yeah. why you have a team like the bucks who we did unfortunately lose to week one why they would be technically considered um below us i guess because they they lost to the saints twice but even a game against your division shouldn't be ranked higher than a head-to-head um head-to-head game but that's just me um i don't really care because seeding is better when you're a higher seed because you play a more inferior opponent but um yeah and it's crazy because dallas dallas won the division by the by the raiders beating the broncos which made meant that they had a stronger division over the washington or giants or uh Eagles, so that 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 strength of schedule technicality won them the East, even yeah, before stepping my, on the uh, field. Giants pick to win the NFC East was very wrong, and <laughs> I blame that on on the Giants not being able to run at all, or I guess throw at all, or play defense at all. So that is by far my worst preseason prediction. Well, it was Big Ben being a top ten quarterback. That one was pretty bad too. But you, but he did he <laughs> did back me up one game and make me look good one game. The Giants have not made me look good once. So well, they almost the beat Dallas the first time they played. So yes, they did almost beat Dallas. I mean, I mean they they the defense actually the Giants defense actually looked pretty okay when we most recently played them, but unfortunately Mike Glennon was the quarterback and not Eli Manning. So I feel like yeah. even 50 year old Eli Manning could have done a more of a good job against our defenses than Mike Glennon. Yeah. I was at that game and it was definitely an interesting one to say the least. Yeah. Is his neck as long as it looks on TV? <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sitting on the, uh, on the low, I was up in a, uh, a suite, so I didn't really see all that well. All the necks look the same. Mm. Well, at least we know that you that you um that you watch games in style in the suite. Of course, of course. One thing that I wanted to talk about before we we end up wrap, we we end wrapping it up is that the Jaguars have re- have requested to meet with both Quinn and Kellen Moore. So granted, that does not mean anything, but the they've so far they've done both the buccaneers coordinators and both dallas's mm-hmm. so it'll definitely i'm gonna ask you this which coordinator would you be more willing to get rid of or, or yeah they can get rid of kellen more because i think what dan quinn has been able to do is really kind of flip the the culture of the defense and um saw them when he was the he when he was filling in for Mike McCarthy how he was very um vocal with his players um in the face showing emotion and it really looked like the the players really loved to play for Dan Quinn um so I think I would more like more want to keep him especially mm-hmm. since it's his first year as our yeah. defensive coordinator and even if the Cowboys were to fall short this year, there's still a chance for them to build as a defense going into the following season. And I think changing coordinators and just letting them walk would not be a very good idea. As in, if you 
let go of a Kellen Moore, you still have access to the kind of offense that he has been running for the last two or three years, seasons, to where you can still, a new guy coming in can still kind of incorporate his ideas also, but also you have the the offense led by Dak Prescott, who's more familiar with this offense. You still keep the same tendencies from this offense. So I'd mm-hmm. much rather keep Dan Quinn, um, allow the defense to, to build, allow him to work with Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, make them better players. And um, I think it would be more beneficial for the team long-term to keep the defense yeah. coordinator rather than the offensive coordinator. And also Mike McCarthy can call plays too. Oh, we'd love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would definitely. I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere in deep down in Jerry Jones, maybe on his yacht, he sat down Kellen Moore and was like, hey, buddy. If uh, if if you if you keep here if you keep stand if you're here for the next few years like you're gonna be the new head coach I would not be surprised if he if he said that because I, I don't really know who else. Well, I mean, I mean, you know how I feel about Mike McCarthy, and especially this kind of. Um, I kind of figured this out on Sunday night. I was like, you know, Mike McCarthy really has no job like job other than being the head coach. Dan Quinn is all control over the defense. Kellen Moore has all control of the offense. The spe- Fossil yeah. um, has all control of the special teams. Mike McCarthy is just kind of there. Like usually your head coach, like Andy Reid, he's calling plays. Harbaugh um, does Bill nothing, Belichick's, right? Or does Bill he Belich- coach the defense? I mean, I, th- I think uh, Harbaugh is very active with the defense. Um, Bill Belichick's really active with the defense. Mike Tomlin's really active with the defense. Um, Pete Carroll calls plays. Like, all of these head coaches, they have some sort of job. But, like, Mike McCarthy, he just kind of stands there and stares at his play sheet. Sometimes he has the special teams guy come up to me like, hey, we should go for two. They just got a penalty. Oh, what? What? Penalty? Uh, screen? Um, so, I mean, who who knows if – I mean, if Mike McCarthy keeps le- um, letting the offense and defense carry him to wins, then he's still going to be there, of course. But, I mean, it's going to take a disaster – him to get fired i thought we were on pace for a disaster this year after those um after the last five or six weeks but they've they've um they've they've got the ship sailing in the right direction and i think he's gonna i think he's there for at least another year maybe two but yeah back back to what i said i think kellen moore they're a lot more likely or they'd be a a lot better letting him go than Dan Quinn, for sure. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. But yeah, it's um, it's great to be back, and we will be here on Thursday to get ready for the toughest game that Dallas will be playing against for the next over the next two weeks. Yeah, against the really, Arizona really Cardinals. excited for that, and of course. It's bowl. It's um college football bowl season. Mm-hmm. So everyone enjoy that. I will be in. I will hopefully be celebrating and Owen as well. Be celebrating a Baylor Sugar Bowl victory. We have not had the greatest luck in New Year's <laughs> Six bowls the last four times we've been, or three times we've been in them. But we are hoping for a better result. And of course, and it would be great to see Corral's draft stock plummet after our this defense puts the helmets into his chest <laughs> not his head because that would be targeting but um that would be nice to see um also shout out to carson wentz after i made a joke um of owen's misery he went and got covid and ruined any chance of that <laughs> actually happening and so i really don't appreciate you for for getting covid um but yeah like owen said it's great we'll be- to be back is, um, and Ray will be live live tweeting. The yes, break will, is no more. I I will be I will be live tweeting. I will be I've come up with so many great things to tweet about. Um, but yeah, it's great to be back. The layover will will probably not go as as long as it has been as this is going on three four weeks. So we are back as throughout the playoffs and into the off season, and we're we're excited. We're excited for some playoff football. Yeah, it's gonna be very. It's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to some Saturday football. So that's the that's the always looking forward to that. And yeah, hopefully Dallas 
has a replay of their success in 2018 with winning a playoff game. And yeah, hopefully, and hopefully, they, hopefully they bring back their old throwback jerseys because I can't yeah. stand the color rush jerseys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to them having a cap. I'm looking forward to Dak having a captain patch on because Mike McCarthy would always, or Aaron Rodgers would never have a patch on for the regular season, but then for the playoffs, he'd always have one on under the Mike McCarthy regime. So I'm looking forward to the good old C. Yes, very. It shows. It shows that he is a leader of men. The Mm -hmm. captain is a leader of men, and we (laughs) haven't. We. I mean, if you just started watching the Cowboys, this is totally going off on a tangent. But if you've been watching the Cowboys recently, you wouldn't think that that Dak is the leader of the team because he doesn't have the C on his chest. Exactly. You wouldn't. But now you're going into the playoffs. You're like, wow, this guy. (laughs) While he's been playing not very good the last ten weeks, he is the leader of the team (laughs) because he's got the C on his chest. I wonder Um, if Michael will get one, or if. I don't even know who get one. It'll be interesting yeah, to see. They should pull a fast one and give it to the punter. <laughs> exactly. That would make my day. He is the true leader of this football team. <laughs> they should give it a Greg Zerline. <laughs> yeah, he, he can show his leadership by missing extra points. I held my breath every single time he kicked. I was like, well, because uh, I, I was like, telling my dad, I was like, dad, we're a complete football team. Then. I, I was like, wait, give and me one second. See to Greg Zerline trot out yep. there. <laughs> get a little nervous. Well, yeah, guys, it's great. It's great to be back. I, Ray, both Ray and I have definitely been wanting to do this, but finals are for all y'all that all are in, that are not in college yet or going to be going to college soon. Good luck. It is the most stressful time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we haven't we haven't done this in a while, so this is the perfect time to do it um Mm. we have social media shocking um we have um all about america's team is our is our username for instagram and then on twitter it is capital a america's capital t team and then capital p capital c and so that's where that's where you can find us um i i tweet every now and then and We'll definitely be tweeting for these upcoming playoff games and this game against the Cardinals for sure. So be looking out for that. But it'll be great. Yeah, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for being patient. Thanks for watching. And go Cowboys. Good to be back. Good to be back, y'all. Go Cowboys.